Welcome everyone to the Average Ontario Anglers podcast. And we have today episode number 13. You think we'd ever get to 13? I thought we'd bomb by at least seven. Yeah. Well, we're still here. And if you're listening, this is what you can expect in this riveting episode. Today's episode is all about fishing pet peeves. Now, Andrew, I didn't ask you to do this before, so you don't know, but make your best pet peeve noise. You. Sorry, huh? Well, that's mean. Make your make your favorite pet peeve noise. That's something that would annoy me? Or when annoy something others. annoys you, you have to make this noise. Ah, uh, okay. It'd be like... <sighs> Just a sigh. A good, a That's pretty exasperated good. sigh. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll show you mine later. But anyway, this episode <laughs> is about all about pet peeves. And all the questions or the points that we're going to cover today were sent in by you listeners on our Instagram channel. Now, before we start on our pet peeves, Andrew has a very interesting, interesting fishing fact. Ooh. It better be interesting. Also, last well, now week... you just made me sip up my game, so... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Two weeks ago, you gave me... You were like, I'm going to give you a number rating. But then you actually gave me a letter rating. <laughs> so this time I'm going to give you a number rating. We'll see what happens. All right, Andrew, the interesting fishing fact. Go ahead. Okay. So I was thinking of strange baits. Ah. And I don't mean like... Norman baits? <laughs> not that strange. Okay. <laughs> so I don't mean like those guys where you see like the videos and they're like, I'm going to, you know, will this catch fish? And here's an iPhone with a hook on it. Like... I hate that. I put a treble hook on a Nerf gun. Let's see what happens. Like, you're fishing for fish that are just going to hit whatever moves. It's not exciting. So, I was looking at actual bait that we just oftentimes don't think of for okay. fish. So, uh, for example, the first bait I'm going to talk about was actually actually landed a world record fish. It was 2001. It was a blue catfish, 116 pounds. Wow. Do you want to guess what that bait was? A hot dog? Nope. You're kind of close, though. Heavily processed meat. <laughs> Kobasa? <laughs> it was spam. Oh. So canned meat, they would they cube it, and they just stick it on a treble hook, and they go for catfish. Mm. And he has, uh, he was known in the area of catching large catfish, and then he actually landed a state and world record blue catfish using spam. That's amazing. Uh, another one is raisins, specifically golden raisins. Hmm. And they're... They mimic essentially the dried fruit that like fall off bushes and stuff on the riverside or on the, the side of the bank. And people will actually use them for uh, catfish and carp. So I thought that I, we talked about before about having interesting. Uh, I know we asked Carpy Andrew if he had caught anything interesting on weird baits. On, on, yeah, carp on weird baits. Hmm. So raisins could be one to try, perhaps. Golden raisins. People certainly don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> They're good in a the trail mix, I guess. <laughs> But uh, specifically the golden ones, um, and what they say is they when they land in the water, they start to rehydrate, and they actually will, will give off their fermentation, oh. and that attracts the fish, supposedly. Another one, which is odd, vegetarians will love this one, zucchini. Not that the vegetarians would be, like, catching fish, but <laughs> the uh, zucchini, so it's apparently you, you cut it in half so the flesh is exposed, and then, again, stick that on a treble hook. That is used for uh, carp and catfish as well. Something I, I had never heard of. Gum. Gum. That's chewing ma- gum. That's full-on MacGyver right there. Oh. So, yeah, chewing gum. Apparently, you chew it for a few minutes till it gets, like, you can, like, wad it, and you just wrap it around your hook. You ever use it, like, power bait, like, dough? I've never used this stuff. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'd never use it myself, and then I got out fished by a guy in the East Coast, and all he was putting was power bait dough on a hook, and he was outproducing me. I couldn't catch a thing, and he's like, here, another one. <laughs> like, it didn't make sense. Hmm. So I guess it's similar to that, but again, like generally fruit, fruit flavors are best for those. Uh, here's one. Soap. Have you ever heard of using soap? Like a bar of soap. Yeah. And no, that's super weird. That's bizarre. So it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, what if you had to guess? Why do you think soap at all might be a fish attractant? Does it have to do with like something like the pH imbalance or something? You don't have to think that hard about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, soap is made from lye and fat. So lye is like ashes, kind of similar, and uh, fat. So when you get pure soap, like without all the fancy like dyes and and odor and stuff like that, perfumes, it's often made like uh, I believe ivory soap is still made with beef tallow so it's beef fat Hmm. that's like rendered down and that's gives the soap consistency so apparently they'll cut a chunk of that off put on a hook and catfish will eat it 
It's a catfish bait. I kind of want to try that one. That's interesting. But it, it seems like catfish will basically eat anything. It, a lot of these are for catfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm sensing a pattern here. Yeah. But I was thinking it's in a survival situation. That's a good tip to have. But it's also if you are really packing light, you can turn your uh, <laughs> what's it, your personal hygiene bag into your bait pail as well. <laughs> And again, if any of you try any of these weird things and catch a fish on it, please let us or know. It, or if you have, 100%, let us know if you use this stuff. Because we're certainly not going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is uh, peanut butter, which this one actually makes a lot of sense. So they take peanut butter and cornmeal or, or pieces of, of white bread and they roll it together and they put it on a hook and it's like a boilie essentially. Mm. And they use it for carp. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I would try that. Uh, a couple others that are kind of honorable mentions is chicken livers, which I know I've used before. I'm not sure if you have, Jesse, but no. again, for catfish. Yep. Uh, bacon, raw bacon. Some people say it's better hickory smoked, but by far it's, it's general consensus on the bacon side of it. I don't I'd know how big of a, a pool that is that you're pulling from for information. I'd rather eat bacon than give it to a fish. Yeah, me too. And then cheese, which again, great snack. <laughs> Yeah, true. For both you and the fish. <laughs> so if you lose your bait or you run out of bait and you look into your lunch pail, you can probably use something to catch fish. And like people have used like their peanut butter and jam sandwich and they're like, oh, this is all I have. And I was like, put on a hook. And yeah, like, like I said, catfish, they're just very opportunistic feeders. So if they in any way, like any way or form sense that that seems edible, <laughs> they'll just stuff it in their face. They're like the slimy swimming goats of the sea. <laughs> they'll eat anything. Tin I cans. I like goats. I like that. Yeah. And they have little chin whiskers too, just like a goat. So so by you mentioning catfish earlier, you kind of ruined the, my punchline at the end of it. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pretend to be surprised. All right. <laughs> so what do you think is the common theme of all of these things? I don't know, what, Andrew. If you, what? if you could use any of these to catch one particular species of fish what would you say it would be oh man i can't think of anything if you said tarpon you're incorrect that was my second choice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so catfish and I'm, I'm not sure about again like the the record was a blue cat but i'm sure all catfish are pretty similar in their diets but yeah that's, that's my interesting. interesting fishing fact and again some of these seem a bit bizarre but hey if it catches fish it catches fish you don't need fancy stuff to catch fish all the time so that's interesting. I think I want to try the soap one just because it's so bizarre. I'd like to see if it's even possible. Well, here's the thing. We're we're going on a fishing trip this fall to a river that has a lot of catfish in it, channel catfish. So maybe that might be a good time to try it. I'm down. Okay. We're going to try it. We'll get back to you. So in September in our podcast, uh, we'll talk about Andrew's soap failure. If, if in September in our podcast, if we don't mention soap, it's because it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a rating for that. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a letter rating. And I'm going to do this Andrew stuff. 72. 72. <laughs> I was actually going to say 74. I'll give you a solid 74 for that. All right. That's okay. Yeah, you'll take that. Anyway, so. Are there any Andrew supporters who will fight for me out there? Probably not. <laughs> anyway, so we're actually really excited, uh, before we get into our main topic, to talk about our podcast sponsor of episode 13 and it is from our friend jeff at limestone lures cool guy now we've been you know we've been talking with jeff and buying his baits for a few years now and we actually just got to meet him for the first time in person at cancast yeah we we met him on zoom a couple times before and yeah we've actually so on the um on their podcast which i'll link below in the show notes they actually had us on as a guest twice yeah and um it was a great it was us jeff um adam and ben, ben. from paddleheads and uh, we we discussed a lot of different topics i think the first episode we were talking about early spring fishing and then the second one we were talking about our experiences at cancast so definitely right. check out their podcast it's the fish on podcast and uh, again we'll link that in the show notes but anyway jeff is from kingston or they're from kingston he makes a lot of baits like a lot like his booth at cancast was actually I know we mentioned this before, but it was fantastic. Yeah. He did yeah, a really good really job in his nice. booth. It looked really good. Not to trash other people's booths, but his was by far one of the best ones I saw. <laughs> but he makes a ton of baits and baits that we've actually bought and have had success on. So we're happy to have paired with him. And some of the baits that um, we're just going to talk a little bit now and we'll talk more later. But some of the baits that we personally bought from Jeff and have done well on, 
for me, he has a, a worm. It's a five and a half inch worm, I'm pretty sure, or a six inch worm. It's called his wink worm. Mm-hmm. I like the names that uh, people come up with for their baits. I always think it's funny. But the wink yeah. worm, it's a straight tail worm. It's like a finesse worm. You can fish it on a shaky head. You can Texas rig it. You can probably wacky rig it too. What I was doing with it is I was power drop shotting with it. And I was drop shotting a slightly heavier line, probably about um, 10 pound fluorocarbon, maybe 12. And I was fishing along uh, weed edges for largemouth and smallmouth. Now you can use, oftentimes drop shot, use a lot of smaller baits, but I actually mm. like using a bigger profile, especially in the summer when their metabolism's up and they're looking for bigger baits. Catch bigger fish, I think, myself. I think that's what happened. But he has the wink worm. We did really well on that in some of the Kortha Lakes. Lots of good colors. It was it was really good for me. Other baits that we bought, he also makes a really good drop shot bait called the Ripple Worm. Yep. Uh, I know we picked up some at CanCast this year. He has a new color, that color shift color. Yes, it, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. So if you haven't checked that out, check out his uh, Instagram page. He has this, I don't even know what it's called, the color shift. It's like, you look at the thing and it's like... It's like brown. Brown. And then you hold it up to the light, like any UV light, anything like that. And all of a sudden it, it shines through... And it just goes blue. So if in low light conditions or when it's not like direct sunlight right through the bait, you're going to get kind of like a blue halo effect around like the brown. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's, it's very interesting. You have to see it to understand what we're saying. So definitely check that out. Um, he also makes uh, paddle tail swim baits, which are classic. I actually bought a bunch of packs of his um, brown, uh, green pumpkin brown color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use that on the back of a swim jig. You can also just put them on a jig head. Yeah. He also I, makes tons of ice fishing baits. Yeah, I bought the the Duke, which is his big swim bait, six inch, or pad, big paddle tail. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's gonna get some use this year too. Must but yeah, it's, it's a really nice size paddle tail. Like it's thick, not crazy long. I think it's six inches or something yep. like that. So it's perfect for like those predator fish to get that big strike. But it's not so crazy that you can't cast it with you know your moderate gear for sure. And then he also just started making tubes as well. So his his tube yeah. uh, his tube bait is called the Rude Tube, which is pretty funny. Anyway, we're going to get more into what the giveaway actually includes. We're going to kind of do that halfway through the podcast, so stay tuned for that. But we're going to get into our main topic. And as we mentioned before, it is fishing pet peeves. Now, on our Instagram, if you ever want to uh, interact and have something added to the podcast, make sure you follow our Instagram because that's where we accept all of our Q&As. So I put up this poll at lunchtime today, or when we recorded this and I have 80 responses and some of them were all the same. A lot of people are, are really peeved about certain things. So I kind of, I put them in kind of an order that I think would be funny. So we're going to talk about them and, and see where it goes. I think this will be a funny episode. So one of the biggest pet peeves that a lot of people have is ramp etiquette. We just experienced this too. Yeah. So we have a story to start off. So like ramp etiquette, if you're not aware when you're backing your boat into the water, you should be fast. You should be efficient. Yeah. You should not be blocking the ramp until you're ready to launch. Yeah. You can boat... pull off to the side of the head, yeah. get prepped, and then launch here as fast as possible. You want to keep that ramp, which is the busiest part of that area, you want to keep it freely moving as best as possible. Yeah. Don't be that idiot that's <laughs> backed right up in front of the ramp and then decides to, you know, get everything ready and take things apart and... And then, oh, where's my boat plug and all that stuff. You should be ready to launch when you back up. Yeah. Even, like I know for for myself, I I make it a habit to make sure when we go somewhere and it's like we're going to the boat launch, if no one's there, it's like a not very well used boat or not commonly used one, I still make it a point to not park right at the bottom, even though I'm not going to hold anyone up because maybe that's the time someone else is going to come down and they're already prepped because they live a minute down the road and they're ready to just throw it in. Like. I'd hate to be that guy that's holding up the local and then get a bad name on myself. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's annoying because sometimes on busy lakes, like we live near the Kortha Lakes, which are very heavily pressured. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lineup and, and there's always that oblivious person that it's like they don't they don't care or they don't even understand it's, that it's a, it's everyone's a, waiting for them. It's a public launch. I can do what I want. It's yeah. Like, eh. It's, so it's a boat launch, not boat. Sit around and look at your boat. <laughs> now, here's the thing. If you're a beginner... Say you just buy a boat. Not not everyone. There's people out there that are like, oh, if you can't back up a boat, you're an idiot. If you're just starting out and this is your first year getting a boat, guess what? It it's, takes some practice. Yes. Again, you're not going to be, you shouldn't get overly mad if someone's trying to back up their boat and it's not happening the first few times. Give Be patient. Give them yeah. a few minutes. Let them do it. But at the same time, don't be that person that gets to the launch and has no idea. Like maybe practice on the side yeah. road or in a parking lot. Practice before you go because we have an example of that. So... <laughs> We were fishing uh, for crappie last week or a few weeks ago now. 
and uh, someone was bringing in a sea dew. Now we were ready to come in. Andrew yeah. was had was about to back up the trailer. Yeah. I I in the boat. So generally, what happens? Jesse dropped me off on shore, so I go grab my car and I back on the trailer and we pull up the trailer and i drive out of the launch like yeah. it's we're we're in and out and i drive right onto minutes. the onto his trailer and then so, he hooks it up and pulls it yeah. out and we're out of there in like 30 seconds so no one no one's at the boat launch when you get there like no one is was there i drive up and i'm just about to get into my car and drive uh another guy in a, in a truck and a sea trailer starts backing down uh down the ramp yeah because there was a guy who was buying a sea he was out in the water yeah and they had it was funny because they had like oh sorry that's not sorry my mistake the one guy launched this right he launched the cd go off his trailer no problem he was gone pulls his truck out i go to pull my car down another guy whips into his other truck on his own trailer now to the guy who's buying the cd i'm like i i was technically next in line yeah (laughs) and and you know i'm waiting in the boat and i'm waiting and these guys it's funny because they run like a hundred and thirty thousand dollar dually pickup truck and they did not know how to back up a truck at all. In fact, yeah. what happened is the one guy was backing up the truck after several, several attempts. It was pouring rain too. I was like waiting in the boat. Yeah. They actually, two of the guys got out and lifted the trailer up back down the ramp yeah, they, while the guy backed they up. They held it up and just walked behind the, the truck guy holding the trailer. had no idea how to do it. Now, like, again, probably the first time he's ever backed up a trailer. But at the same time, be a little bit prepared when you're going to yeah. do that. Okay. But this happens all the time. And that's why there's so many people. The other big thing with that too, though, is... Even after that, they they get it on. They pulled up and they parked in the middle of the road. Yeah, because the trailer wasn't weighted properly. Because this is the first time he's put this seat on it, so it was really back weighted. So they had to start you know, adjusting the trailer. But they're parked in the middle of the road, getting yeah. all these tools out, trying to move this thing. Like we had to we ask can't them even, to move. Like, We're move like, your truck. We need to leave now. Can you guys like move your truck? And they're so, like, Oh yeah, 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 we'll move it. It's like guys, <laughs> come on, man. So anyway. it sounds like we're being harsh on on these guys. The thing is. It's aggravating because there's such a more simple way to do it. And yeah. here's the thing, too. I've been on boat launches, and I remember going camping with my dad. My dad was experienced in driving his trailer. Uh, there's someone else at the boat launch, and they might be struggling, and there's people getting upset. You know, it's because people can get upset. That's fine, too. But, again, be patient with those who are who are learning or who might not be super comfortable yet. And you'd see them getting flustered. So my dad, he just like, hey, like, would it help if I backed it down for you? Like they'd offer to help and they'd be so happy and dad would go one shot. It's in there. Pull the boat up. Just help him out. You know, if you're polite and be nice, you can often help the situation instead of just exacerbating it and making things worse. Yeah. So the etiquette can go, it can be on both sides. Like make sure, sure you're a good person. Be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And, and offer some like good help if you can. Yeah. To add to the point before we were talking about those guys at the boat launch that didn't know how to back up their trailer. We're not mad at the fact that they didn't know how to back up the trailer. We were mad at their oblivious behavior. Yeah. of wasting so much time parking in front of the boat launch like stuff that you would never do and it was yeah. probably just ignorance they didn't know obviously they had no clue what they were doing they had no clue about <laughs> that but like come on yeah. anyway we we could go on about ramp etiquette for a while <laughs> but we have so many points to cover so we're just going to zoom to the next one the the main one that i got literally at least 25 people mentioned was their main pet peeve in fishing is people not cleaning up their trash and that is a huge pet peeve for me i I was always, when I grew up, my parents like, no littering. That's bad. You never litter. Yep. And you see people just, they don't even care. They just, you know, they'll have a big wad of fishing line, pull it off the reel and just throw it on the ground. It's like, seriously? Yeah. Like that doesn't bother your conscience at all? Nope. They don't care. They throw their cigarettes on the ground. They throw their fishing line on the ground. You know, Even even camping, you go to the, the campsite and you know, there's just trash everywhere. Yeah. Like, like they're not bearing your wrappers, beer cans. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing you had a fire clearly because <laughs> you burned everything else and yeah. including your tent burn and your garbage. <laughs> just burn the garbage with it. Like just yeah. finish it off. We, we talked a little bit, uh, I think maybe two episodes ago about, you know, fishing around private property and like you, how you can't. And this is one of the main reasons why places get closed mm-hmm. is because people litter. And like, we've gone to remember that pond we used to fish. Like you'd go there and, and for a while it would be like, you know, clean. Pristine. And yeah. then you'd go there and people would dump a whole bunch of garbage out of their truck. It would be like garbage bags. Yeah. Like mattresses. That's dumping. Bikes, that may not like, be fishermen per se, but don't leave anything. Yeah. Literally. Not like Well, how many times do you go to you know, you go to the bank and you're you're fishing and let's say you have really good etiquette yourself and you stop, oh I'm gonna fish this hole and you stop to look around 
and you see Tim Hortons like, cops, Tim Hortons worm cops, boxes, worm boxes everywhere, everywhere. Like, fishing lure packaging, fishing like, line, all this stuff. Come on, guys, clean yeah. it up, take it out with you. I'm I'm really mad now. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like the let's go to a later like, one. <laughs> all right, this one is more like it's a more funny one, and I thought this was funny. One, someone's biggest pet peeve is walleye versus pickerel and we're talking about walleye and andrew's going to go into this in depth but i'm going to tell you <laughs> i'm like chomping at the bit on this yeah. one usually it's up north or older the older gen that call them pickerel the fact is they're not called pickerel they're actually called walleye that's a scientific fact yes you're wrong if you call them pickerel you're allowed to call them whatever you want you can call them my like, grandpa always called them pickerel it's, like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with my grandpa. No, I'm not going to argue, cares? but it's a slang for a walleye. It's yes. called walleye. So when people correct me and say, oh, actually, it's pickerel, it literally is. Actually, isn't. it's walleye. It's literally <laughs> not. So you're wrong. And I will <laughs> challenge you any day if you say it's it's pickerel because it's literally not. So there, there's, Jesse, is that right? There are two different species, completely different families of fish. Yeah. So a walleye, very similar to is a sauger. a walleye. Similar to a sauger. Uh, the crossbreed is a sauger. So those those are similar fish. A pickerel is in the, the Essex family, Esox family. It's related it. to pike. So if you uh, Google chain pickerel is one of is one of them. So on the east coast of in Canada, in the northern northern northeast states, chain pickerel are all throughout that water system, and they look almost identical to pike. They're very hard to differentiate between a pike and a pickerel. Mm-hmm. That is what a pickerel is. So if if you are talking to anyone who has both of those fish in the area or in their, their province and you ask them, Oh, where are you fishing for? And they say pickerel, you know, they're talking about chain pickerel. If they're fishing for walleye, they will say walleye. They, they have to differentiate them because they have the same species here in Ontario. We don't have the chain pickerel. So for, for many, it just became, like you said, like slang and they didn't feel the need to differentiate it because there's no confusion over here. Yeah. So really it's, it's walleye guys. Come on. <laughs> All right. The next one. And this was also a very popular pet peeve. A lot of people get infuriated by sea <laughs> I had literally probably 25 plus people be like, That's when you get the 80-pound braid and the one-ounce egg sinker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, I'm sure it's a fun hobby. I've never been on a sea myself. Because I, I wouldn't own one because they're expensive. But if I rented a cottage and there was one there, I would have a blast on it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I have nothing against people that like sea On small lakes, no. Yeah. Annoying. They're just, they're annoying, and, and most people that ride on them are annoying people. No offense. Most people that I know that own sea you can tell, you're like, yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you're fishing, and it's happened to us. Remember that time we were on uh, f- musky fishing last fall? Yep. We were fishing in this bay for musky, and it was like early October, late September. Quiet. We were fishing against the bank, and these six sea guys came and whipped all the way around our boat within like 20 feet of us on this huge lake. Yeah. It's like, why are you near us yeah. for no for any reason? And they were just like rrr, 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 revving around doing donuts. It's like, get away from like now the spot's ruined. Yeah, it completely blown. Have so, some etiquette. So yeah, it's it's unfortunately Cedus as a whole get a bad name, get a bad rap. It's not the Cedus themselves. It's the operators that are the issue. Yeah, because if someone was in a bass boat doing the same thing, ripping around me in circles at twenty feet away, I'd be upset at them. But they generally have more etiquette. They understand because. Yeah. They don't want someone doing that to them. Sea dudes, it's it's often like social. They love getting together. They love doing stuff. So I find they tend to get very close, and that's the issue I have with them is yeah. they start getting too close unnecessarily. A lot of sea doers, though, like I said, they're a certain type of people. Yeah, and a lot of them are oblivious. Like here's the thing: if I was on a sea do because I fish, I would know to stay away from people that are fishing. Mm-hmm. I would know that because I fish. These people don't fish, obviously, so they come really close and. You know, and it's not just sea dudes, it's people with wake boats or, or power boats. Give us some space. At the same time, you have to understand it's a free public lake that you're fishing on probably. Yeah. You can't really do anything. I mean, you can't, you know, chuck an egg sinker at their head. Sometimes you wish you could, but you and, can't do that. And at times too, like if you're seeing, let's say it's like a wakeboarder and he's taking like a path or a skier and they have a path that that's the, the one they take because they know that it's, you know, it's safe, it's good water, whatever, it stays calm in that area. 100 percent. there's nothing wrong with that and if we're fishing we're not going to start paddling canoe into their path yeah we're gonna, okay we're going to avoid that section so again just goes both being, ways. being aware of what's going on and and who's around you what's doing what just be a little courteous you have to share the water going to be issues yeah everyone has to share the water 
And like it would be great if every time you we went to the lake and it was just calm and no boats were ripping around, but that's in this area anyway, that's not ever gonna happen. At the happen. same time, water sports are a blast. So like yeah, hundred percent have fun in the lake. But like it'd be it'd be kinda cool to have designated areas yeah. of water. That'd be cool. All right, the next one is someone a uh, few people said this. One of their biggest pet peeves is people who always keep their limit. And and I get it, it depends on the area. Again, in Ontario it's a very vast province, so many lakes quarter of a million lakes some of the lakes up north there's probably people be like oh there's so many fish up there you can never put a dent into it but if you're fishing you know anywhere in the states and canada in popular areas Mm -hmm. keeping your limit every time you go out again that's technically you're right but is it the best thing to do some of the lakes around us we know they got fished out yeah like there used to be certain species of fish they were over harvested and now there's literally nothing and you can't tell me Oh, that had nothing to do with people keeping fish. 100% it did. <laughs> Where do you think the fish went? They flew away? Yeah. I'm yeah. not against keeping fish. We keep fish. We eat fish. I'm not going to keep my limit every time I go out. Yeah. And if you do keep fish every time you go out, maybe keep two instead of six. You know, that yeah. like how much fish do you really need? If you- Especially bass. Like when Justin and I, our rule of thumb is we keep a two pounder. We don't go bigger because they stop tasting as good. If we're camping. And it's we, smaller, it's not worth it. Yeah, like we don't we, like go out and like, oh, we go for bass and we keep it. Like 99% of the time when you go bass yeah. fishing, it's catch and release. 100%. If we're camping and we can't catch any walleye and we catch a bass, yeah, we're going to eat it. Yeah, I'll fish it's fry not, it up. Like it's, it's not my choice of fish to eat. No. But again, like... I have nothing even, against even, people keeping bass. Even at bass. that point, though, yeah. if we keep a bass, we'll keep maybe one bass each. One two-pounder each. Yeah. And that is like full fish fry. Like yeah. we can't physically eat more than that as an individual in in a sitting so there's no point for us to keep our six bass that we can keep or whatever yeah just again that's our personal that's our our opinion yeah keeping keeping your limit every single time you go out that can put a damper on the on 100 like population. i think of like our parents generation they there's tons of pictures of you know our relatives just holding up full stringers no, just five pounders all five pounder like bass and it's like oh those lakes don't have fish in them anymore it's like yeah i wonder why or they say you don't know how to catch them it's like uh no <laughs> actually that's another pet peeve coming up <laughs> actually let's just cover that one now one of my biggest pet peeves is when old timers bless their soul <laughs> compare now to when it used to be it's not the same at all my you know my dad would always tell me stories like oh we used to fish this this you know popular course of lake now and you know we'd catch five and six pounds all the time and they have all these pictures of all these fish that they caught and it was super easy and, and dude like they fish like the most basic techniques <laughs> You do the same thing there now, you'd be lucky to catch a three pounder. Like times have changed. Yeah. I don't take into the consideration has increased. old records and old uh, experiences that old people have as being comparable to now. It's not the same mm-hmm. at all. Now, that being said, there's probably better smallmouth bass fishing in Ontario now than there was 50 years ago. Yeah. Using electronics and all modern technology and techniques, fishing is easier than it is but the fish populations are a lot lower than yes. they used to be. And, and the fishing pressure, there's a lot more anglers out here, intelligent anglers fishing. And the fish learn. They'll learn to avoid certain things. Even now with forward-facing sonar, yeah, they're having learning. to advance it further and further because before it's like, oh, 30 feet away, you could catch that fish. Now you have to cast 100 feet away because they're hearing the pain. Yeah. So, they're yeah, there's better technology now, and it's amazing. But at the same time, the fish are becoming more and more pressure not the fish is getting smarter but it it has learned to adapt to the pressure that's that's on these species too they're they're they will adapt and they will be harder to catch that's that's another reason why you know always new lures are coming out because a lot of these lakes like a lot of the cool new innovative lures come from japan right in japan they have several lakes that are super pressured and clear yes that's why they come out with all these crazy bougie techniques that help them actually catch fish because the fish are so pressured and It's not even, you know, slightly as pressured as, as that here, but that's why new lures that come out, um, professional anglers or guides are always willing to try new stuff because it might give them a slight edge for a little bit where they can catch more fish. And I, I honestly believe that sometimes little differences could make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. All right. This was a popular one too. A lot of people are annoyed with a terrible net man or woman. <laughs> now I, I have to I say- I definitely used to fit that category. No, I have to say though, the last few years- me and Andrew, we're on the ball when it comes to that. Like I, yeah. I don't, we've never lost a big fish at the net, especially like half the insane muskie that we've caught that have been <laughs> flipping through the air. Like I've got them in for Andrew and he's got mine in. Yeah. Like it's been good. But I've, I've even seen... had some like like your big bass last year. I was able to net that. Yeah. And it, like it's through the hook like midair and I still like managed to grab yeah. that thing. <laughs> but I, I've seen horror stories and videos of people like 
yeah. you know, like a 50 inch musky and some guy's just like stabbing yeah, at it, stabbing at it. <laughs> so I get it. It's inexperience. Yes. There are some basic techniques of how to net fish. And I think the one main one is head first. Yeah. We should do a video actually on netting fish. Cause that'd be informative. Cause that's a good skill to learn in order to keep your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Always net the fish head first. Never chase the fish. If you try to scoop it by the tail, it'll just jump yeah. away from it, you. It'll spook. It it touches the tail and they spook. Done. Yeah. There are a few different techniques, but definitely if you want to keep your friends, like Andrew said, you literally have to learn how to keep. <laughs> if fish. you want to get invited back onto that bass boat, <laughs> don't lose his personal best on him. All right, next one. A lot of people were peeved by this. Probably over a dozen people. Line crossing. Yep. And we have a story about that too, but. <laughs> This is a lot of this has uh, was people talking about steelhead fishing or salmon fishing in the creeks. Yes, because when you when you fish in the creeks, again, a lot of these creeks aren't huge, and you're fishing, and there may be a lot of people along the bank, and you all kind of have to synchronize your your drifts, so your your lines are all going down at the same time. Everyone lifts up and kind of casts, and in, it's it's all synchronized so that no one gets tangles. Now, mm-hmm. does this always happen perfectly? Hey, you know, if you and your buddies are great at fishing, or you have a lot of experience doing it. You might it might be pretty flawless, but guess what? Not everyone is as experienced, yep. and you know things happen. The air got to it, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> things happen. You get tangles, um, and people will oftentimes cross over your line, or like say you're drifting down, someone will just cast right over your line. Or if you're fighting a fish, sometimes you'll have a fish on. Someone will cast over your line, and sometimes they'll hook your your line. So we have actually a story about that, <laughs> and it, Andrew will start off this because it, it just makes me mad. <laughs> so, so we were uh, shore casting. Wait, wait, my my mad noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were shore shore casting for salmon. Which, if you're interested, we have a great video about that on our YouTube. <laughs> little little plug there. We'll uh, we'll put the link down below. <laughs> so we were we were fishing uh, at a at a harbor, and we're casting out. And again, there's there's a few guys along the bank, and it's a, about a hundred foot or 200 foot section of bank and it was night it was nighttime nighttime we're all using glow spoons right and you just you fire it out straight because all the salmon they're coming around and they just follow the bank side they just swim in giant circles in the area as they stage so you don't have to cast like left to right like we talked about in our other shore casting you can just cast you just cast straight and as salmon move along you hope that your your spoon's in front of them so so jesse had cast out like hooks this great salmon and it starts jumping and it peels off some line and as soon as i hooked it i'm like fish on you're supposed to yell fish on so people know there's a fish on and so the guys beside us like they they reeled in their lines i I reeled in my line and jesse's fighting this fish and then it makes a beeline all the way like hard left and it's it's about 50 feet from shore still but it just rips along the shore like 100 feet to the side so jesse yells to the people down there fish on fish on it's heading your way it's heading your way yeah to give them fair warning and like they just nine keep... of the ten guys pulled in their line. Yep. Another guy just casts again right just... over top of the line. Yep. And then all of a sudden he's yelling, fish on, fish on. And Jesse's like, you have my line. Because I felt, because I had constant <laughs> pressure on the fish. At this point, the fish had been, it done its initial run. And it was kind of just, you know, head shaking down there. And I'll, I felt just like pulls. Yeah. And I'm like, the guy had snagged my line and was pulling on it. And I said to him, you snagged my line. Like you're fighting. And he's like, no, no, it's mine. Like I've, yeah. it's a it's separate fish. fish. And then I was like, watch your rod. So as I pulled my rod, his rod would yeah. bend down. I'm like, clearly you've hooked my line. And we're all using glow spoons. And so, you, again, it's at nighttime. So what you see is this Jesse's rod bent in half. And then 100 feet away, you see a, a salmon jump. And then 20 feet up the line, you see this glowing spoon. It's like, clearly that's not even in a fish. Yeah. So I, eventually, Jesse, again, like, this guy I, I fought him for like him, 10 minutes. Yeah, kept I, fighting I, I kept it, telling him, say. though, I said, like open your bail let me get this fish in so you can get your hook back and he's like no no it's i'm hooked on the fish that's your spoon this guy he was clearly a moron yeah um and then eventually the fish it broke me off yeah because i'm pretty sure his hook basically cut my cut my line yeah and the guy still didn't and everyone fishing near us was like what are you an idiot like yeah you see everyone else oh man and i was i was so mad not even that i lost fish just because like the guy was completely the stupidity idiot. of having to deal yeah. with it that's all yeah all right <laughs> next one poor fish handling this yeah. is a big one for me all, all i can think of right now is a while ago jesse had this picture of a steelhead sent to him and he's like andrew look at this and you're asked to, to share it on our on our instagram feed yeah. and i look I'm like what is that like a log his thing was like 
like double battered rolled in mud. in mud and sand like like look at this sweet steelhead like, that thing looks like trash yeah there's so much dirt in his gills like what's going the on the fish 100 percent so, died yeah, that that i i think of that sometimes every time it just makes me like crack up because yeah the audacity to think oh post this it's a great picture oh. <laughs> you can't even tell it's a trout yeah that's a log sir <laughs> so if, if you're taking pictures for instagram for fish yeah, again, respect the fish. That's the main thing I say to people. Respect the fish. A lot of time when we're fishing for steelhead, if you want to pull them out of the, the water to take a picture, that's fine. But remember, this fish just exerted all of its energy. It's having a hard time catching its breath, and then you're holding it out of the water, so it's basically suffocating. And they'll hold them out of the water for like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. They're on the bank just gasping for air. Bring a net with you for any species. Bring a net. Keep the fish in the water. Take it out of the water for a quick snap. Put it back in the net. Mm-hmm. Easy. If you're ever fishing and taking a picture and your fish is covered in sand, you did it wrong. If you're ever fishing and want to take a picture and your fish is covered in dirt and leaves, you did it wrong. If you're ever fishing and taking a picture and the fish is dry, you're doing it wrong. That fish is going to die. It's very disrespectful. A lot of people do it, and a lot of people are like, oh, Most, I forgot my net at home. Yeah. Most Don't anglers forget. are great at this. Yeah. And again, a lot of the time it's the inexperienced that are doing this i see a lot of bigger accounts and and they'll be posting pictures of fish that have tons of leaves and sand on them it's like it's true you as literally well. just bank that fish and that's very disrespectful to the, yeah. to the fish but again do what you want if you want to disrespect fish that's up to you but that's a huge pet <laughs> just know you're getting judged heavily on whenever yeah. you post that photo <laughs> and, and you're probably like you know you're all high and mighty but i guarantee if you look through our posts on instagram generally speaking yeah we try our best it's one of the things like me and andrew we invest heavily into proper nets like yeah. we're, we're huge on nets when we got fishing, into musky fishing yeah. when we got into musky fishing yeah. jesse and i pulled our money together to purchase a musky size net because we wanted to be able to land this fish effectively and get it released because we're not going to keep it so this is we got a proper size musky net for the safety look, of the fish for the safety of the fish yeah so again like is it more investment yes but at the same time you're investing money into the hobby that you like yeah. If, if everyone's doing their part to help these fish get released and survive and have a higher chance of survival, then you're helping yourselves because now you can catch that fish again. And carp anglers, a lot of them are really good at taking care of like they, they hold carp on a huge pedestal. Oh yeah. But you know, carp are very hardy fish. They carp can probably withstand more abuse than any other species, Yeah, but they treat them really, really well and they keep them wet. They can gulp air from the surface. They're not going to suffocate being out of water but they make sure they're like always soaking them down or wetting them keeping them on a nice mat yep they they, nice they, they hold them carefully if they if, if it's gonna fall they had to make sure they hug it like they they're really good at fish fishing etiquette yeah in in most cases and any serious carp angler is yeah i was gonna add too just to to add experience will get you there like yeah i'm sure everyone can look back at pictures they took when they were younger fishing and just cringe at the bad fish handling <laughs> so i'm not saying that we've never had bad fish handling i'm saying there's always time to start improving and doing it the proper way. Yes. And that time for you is now. If, if you have pictures of fish with sand on them in your phone, the time is now, my friend, yeah. to start bringing a net with you and being a little more respectful to, for, to your fish. Now, hey, if you're going to keep fish, do whatever you want with them. Yep. Still be respectful to them. Yep. They are a living thing until you kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we'll get more into this. There's also specific ways you shouldn't hold fish. But again, this is a yeah. we have to zoom through these because <laughs> there's so many of them. The next thing that some people have the biggest pet peeve about is your mom. Just kidding. I just added that. (laughs) Not looking. I completely understand. (laughs) Love you, mom. (laughs) One big pet peeve, and a few people mention this, is not looking behind. Is when people do not look behind them when they're casting. Now, I've never got hit by a lure from someone else casting. It's been a few close calls. Yeah. But. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people do that, and, and this is oftentimes... Uh, a bad thing if you're fishing in a public area like a park or something yeah. and and you'll see people and they won't even look behind them and they're just casting like a jerk bait with three trouble I know, I know some push. areas where they've now posted no fishing signs because of the bylaw and it's for safety purposes because there's the walking path right behind you yep. and people were at risk and kids and stuff walking by like they're excited to see you know oh someone's like fishing and they run up person whips back for a cast and just nails some kid into the chin with like some four out hook like it's yeah. not good it, it can it can be potentially de- like deadly yeah like, it, little life altering you can get that in yeah. the eye you're blind yeah like uh, and even if it's not in your eye like no one wants a jerk bait in their in their <laughs> shoulder or their head anyway always check where you're casting yeah. i mean 
it happens mistakes happens when you're in the boat or on the bank with your buddies but definitely not want to snag some random stranger that's just <laughs> yeah. a, a bad way to make a friend <laughs> all right the next one is a lot of people i want a rom-com now where that's the meat cute like he hooked her and now she's hooked on him <laughs> <laughs> i'd see that movie <laughs> so a lot of people have an extreme pet peeve about people who don't know the regulations now, that's I know, one of mine. I know you. That's big for you, and and for me too. I, I find it extremely annoying because because a lot of the times it's so I, accessible. I found it's an excuse. They know they're breaking the law, and they just say, "Oh, I just don't know. I didn't know." And, and it's like, okay, if you are trying to hide the fact you have a sack full of walleye during their spawn, you know that that's not right. Yeah, you know, like it's so yeah. See, or you know, they have like, oh, there's possession limits on this, and they just are throwing and flaying everything quick so that you can't tell what's in the bucket. It's like, okay, but, you know, how many four-inch bass did you catch <laughs> or six-inch bass and fillet along with all the sunfish? And you've way past your possession limit. Yeah. So stuff like that is, is you're just hurting the populations of – you're hurting the fish as a whole because these regulations are there to protect the fish. And these are the they same – They have closed seasons for a reason. They have, yeah. you know, possession limits for a reason. And again – we keep fish sometimes, but again, we don't keep our limit every time. It's we don't see there's a need to ourselves, and we definitely don't keep over our limit because or fish out no of season. Point. <laughs> yeah, and you know what though, people that don't follow the regulations, they're not anglers. Yeah, they're what what I like to call poachers. <laughs> you know, if you don't follow the regs, like the regs are easy to find. They're yeah. online. Generally speaking, they're fairly easy to understand. I mean, yeah. maybe there's some confusing yeah. parts about exceptions. They can find free. out. Yeah. They are free. The booklet is free. You Look find it up that online free. Yep. And generally speaking, you can download a PDF. You can view it online. You can, yeah. You can ask people. You can yeah ask other other people yeah. like hey. You know, there's a lot of times like at the ramp and we'll someone will, will be fishing there or they, they come up and like hey like what are you fishing for and like oh we're going for bass we're going for walleye going for crappie, and they're you're like oh I'm hoping I'm hoping to do that too you know how many can you keep and they'll ask okay well this is zone whatever, and you know. I'll often try and, and talk to them and help them so that they can then learn how to read the regs in the future. Because I'm like, hey, like, it's always a good idea to check every year because they change. Uh, just every year, just double check if it has any changes, if there's any exceptions. But you can pull it up right in the phone, and I'll show them on the phone if I can of the regulations, where they are, and how to read it so that in the future, it might just be ignorance. They don't know how. So yeah. take the time, if you if you can, and you know, educate people on how they can find that information for themselves. For sure. And like, again, it's it's out there. You can find the information. And again, sometimes like there are people that do it on purpose. Yeah. There are people, again, you said they're just ignorant to yeah. the, they don't know. It's maybe their first time fishing. They didn't know you couldn't keep. Like I know yeah. I have some, I have some friends from, you know, overseas that came over and they didn't know. They were like, oh, we're filling, we're catching all these fish, filling a whole bucket. I'm like, you can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't know. So yeah. again, it happens. Yeah. But again, be, be polite. Maybe the person didn't know. I wouldn't just start screaming at them no. and stuff. Just tell them. Anyway, before we go on, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk a, a little bit more about our podcast sponsor, uh, Limestone Lures. On this podcast, we like to partner up with companies that we personally have been dealing with for years, uh, and that we can actually, with a good conscience, recommend their products. Mm-hmm. All the brands that we've actually dealt with, we've actually have their products yeah. before we ever you know dealt yeah. with them on our podcast. And again, we don't get kickbacks for this. We we're yeah. all these giveaways that have happened so far. And all the ones we have planned so far in the future, they are full of giveaways. Uh, they sponsor by just putting together the giveaway to give to the listeners. Yeah. So, And you may ask, why are you guys doing that? Well, to tell you the truth, we want to have some good giveaways to you guys so that we can get more people listening to the yeah. podcast. Again, we're not getting any money off of this. You know, maybe one day <laughs> we'll get, you know, five bucks, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but some of these giveaways, they're, they're pretty good. Like, as, as you said a few weeks ago, like the giveaways the last few weeks have been really good. Yeah. And actually, the whole podcast, really, they've all been fantastic. But uh, Jeff Alimestone Lewis, he really, he, he knocked it out of the park with this one. Because originally, he was like, oh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you some baits and stuff. Yeah, no problem. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Because, like, you know, yeah, we love Jeff. He, he showed me a video. He's like, oh, here's all the stuff I, I ended up getting for the, the giveaway. And it's like, it's a ton of stuff. Yeah. So this is the giveaway. This is amazing, by the way. So he is giving away 23 bags of baits. <laughs> 23 That's bags good. of baits and that is 140 value and he's going to ship that right to your door so you don't even have to literally 
put on pants. You can just go to the door, <laughs> pick up 23 bags of plastic baits. And you may think, what the heck am I going to do with 23 bags of plastic baits? Well, guess what? You don't have to buy baits for a while now, or <laughs> yeah. you should not be a wiener and give some to your <laughs> friends. Okay. Give some to your friends. And yeah. some of the baits that he makes that I'm actually really excited about is remember we were talking about the, the dude or the rude, I thought the dude, the rude tube. Yeah. Tube jigs are fantastic. Yeah. Um, again, like I They're said, coming back into style, which oh, I yeah. like to see because they've worked forever. They never stopped working. hundred <laughs> percent. And the, the thing I like about Jeff is his colors he makes are really good. Yeah. A lot of bait companies, like, I find it sometimes they just, there's certain colors, like, say, like, green pumpkin. This comes in a hundred colors. I'm like, I no, don't care. I have, use six of them. <laughs> exactly. He has the, the colors that you want. Nothing weird, nothing crazy, some cool color shift colors, but all the colors that you'd actually want. So we're excited about that. Again, like I said, definitely look at the ripple worm, too. Yeah. That's like a little drop shot bait fantastic he makes ice fishing baits he makes grubs he makes big paddle swim baits he makes finesse worms he makes stick baits everything yep and he has these like the cool um, core shot ones the, yeah. like the stick baits and it's like a color infused in another color they look amazing are we gonna spill the beans on, oh. on something else though yes okay so so this is uh hot off the presses hot off the presses so as as a recording has not been announced yet we well, yeah. we oh, so ask yourself, listener, <laughs> what bait recently has every company come out with because it, works. it is killer. If a bait company doesn't have this, they're dumb. What is it? It's the Goober Goby. So it's a Goby bait. This So a lot of them, they're very simplistic. Again, they, they work great still. Yep. This one here, if especially if you are into like the small details, this thing looks It looks like, real. Yeah. It looks it's real. Like, it's like they just took a Goby and then just like melted into steel which good riddance and then popped it out like all right here's your mold like yeah. this thing looks legit it's a very realistic goby mold yeah so it's two and five eighth of an inch long and it comes in eight colors and yeah. the colors that he has like we said they're the colors that you need yeah so the it's colors that he's not gonna are, have like a fluorescent pink goby maybe he is I don't maybe know. I don't know. but it, probably not but yeah like, like we saw a picture of, of the one he showed us and it's uh like a pumpkin uh green pumpkin color yeah and it it looks awesome again like the detail if you saw on this that thing, thing sitting on a rock in the water you'd be like oh look a goby you wouldn't even think it's yeah. a bait which I is try awesome. and step on it yeah and then i'd get a hook in my foot I'm like oh no <laughs> now why are gobies so why is everyone making goby baits now jeff at limestone lures obviously understands that like gobies in ontario again they're an invasive mm -hmm. species yeah the cool thing about gobies is they spawn multiple times a year they basically have no defense mechanism they're the rabbits of the water <laughs> they are literally they're dumb if you ever seen the swim in the bottom they literally just hop along the bottom they can't swim very fast they get big now yeah i've seen them up to eight inches yeah. like big yeah. ones they're everywhere and they repopulate crazy they're they're into uh they're getting into the they're in the corpus now like, yeah they're in yeah. the saint lawrence they're in all the lakes uh lake simcoe autonomy river is getting some now yep. they're all over the place in the trent the trent canal now they're in the trent canal so they're, they're making their way up they're going to yeah. be everywhere eventually now you may say oh like that's that's bad they're invasive but guess what fish eat them they're dumb the gobies are dumb like fish can literally fill up on them and they literally are yeah. so dumb they don't even hide but all the game fish are eating them all the game fish walleye eat them. pike and they're especially they're fatty fish and large they're ones. they're great things we oftentimes don't have like the big shad schools and stuff like that or cisco's in in our lakes yeah and so these kind of fill that gap oh yeah so that's a big reason why we talked about earlier smallies are getting bigger yeah is because they have smallies especially love feeding on these gobies they sit on the bottom on the rocks and and now all of a sudden their food came to them and it's, it's crazy <laughs> and and a lot of americans would be like oh you know you guys have bass in canada i'll tell you what it's probably easier for a lot of pros to catch a 30 pound bag of smallmouth on the st lawrence than it is in a lot of the lakes in the southern states of largemouth and again they're giant that's two reasons again like we already talked about it's the fact that they're getting bigger because of warmer temperatures and gobies in here and also because you can find them with the technology nowadays yeah. before you had to you know focus on what you could see so which was shore fishing so you're catching uh largemouth but now you look at all the pro anglers pretty much on, on a lot of these northern areas in canada and the tournament series and they <laughs> they're targeting smallies because the smallies are bigger and they can find them now yeah in deep water with forward facing sonar which again, but fish are average, getting used to it, so guess what? It's the not average, gonna be an advantage forever. Yeah. And just just I guess for the average Joe, if you're if you're out there fishing and you don't have live scope or forward facing sonar or you don't even have side scan or something, do what you can to locate, you know, a couple rock piles if if you can, with your regular 
you know, do it the old-fashioned way. Get your depth finder. See, it's like, oh, there's a weird bump there. Drop a jig on it. See if it's hard. <laughs> you know, see if there's fish around there. If you can find a couple spots like that, go back there with goby baits and just hop those along the bottom. Yeah. And if there's those bass, if they've learned to feed on goby because the goby have taken over in that lake, then you're going to start catching fish. So the goober goby, which is a hilarious name. It reminds <laughs> me of uh, SpongeBob Goofy Goober. <laughs> yeah. The goober goby. It's going to be a, a killer. And ice fishing, too. They use them yeah. under the ice for yep. lake trout and whitefish. So anyway, we're excited about that. If you're interested in checking out Jeff's uh, Limestone Lures um, goby bait, definitely check out his website. 100%. Again, we're going to link his Instagram, his website, and everything down in the show notes. So if you would like to support us in this podcast, please support our, our podcast sponsors. That's how you can support us because the more support that they get, the more willing they are to do another giveaway with us <laughs> in the future. So anyway... We're kind of running a little short on time, so we're going to go through the last few of All our right. of our uh, pet peeves. And my one of my pet peeves is how fast these podcasts go. Man, like I, <laughs> I was like, oh, we have enough time. We don't. <laughs> so we're going to go quick through this. So one pet peeve that people have is friends boring lures and gear and using it or breaking it. I hate that. I hate when Andrew borrows all my stuff. <laughs> but I don't mind sharing lures, but the rule is, you give it back at the if, end of the day. If you lose it, you buy me a brand new one. I yep. don't care if it's old. You buy me a brand new yep. one. And if you hook me with a bait, I get to keep it. You get to keep it. Yeah. That's the rule. It, my thing is even like we work with tools for a living. If you need to borrow something more than twice, buy your own. That's literally <laughs> how it works. After that, it's just becoming an annoyance. A lot of people have pet peeves of if they're fishing with friends that don't know how to tie knots. Now, Again, I don't really fish with a lot of people that don't know how to tie knots because I generally mostly fish with Andrew and he knows how to tie knots. But I can see how that would be annoying because like you'd have to tie knots for them all the time or else they, if they tied a crappy knot, you'd have to be like, ah, oh, I don't want to lend them a lure because it's going <laughs> to Like when I used to tie improved clinch knot on all my braided lines, I'm like, I don't know why half the time it just slips out. <laughs> I, I'd say though, like a lot of people said, um, they find it annoying that they have a friend that maybe only knows how to tie one knot. Now, very briefly, when it comes to knots, there are a few people that are like, you know, you know, like 20 different knots or they're like, oh, that knot's not as good as this one. The reality is if you know how to tie probably like three knots, you're good. Yeah. I have a, I have two knots I use for braid depending on the thickness. I have one knot for fluorocarbon and, and mono. And then I have one knot that I use to tie my, my leader to my main line. Yeah. So I have four, four knots that I use. That's it. I, I'm fully covered. I don't have any issues. Exactly. And like knots i hate when people are like well i watched this knot strength video on youtube and this knot is 98 percent, and this knot's only you know 92 percent." if you're ever straining your gear to that point you're fishing wrong okay <laughs> i don't care about knot strength it's more about go with a good knot that you're confident in yeah. a lot of people are like oh if you don't know how to tie the fg knot you're not fishing what did we do before it was invented oh we used the other <laughs> knots that didn't fail on us and that's so the thing use a good knot and, and use a knot that you can tie consistently and correctly yeah yes if if you have this awesome knot that you get great 50 percent of the time that's no longer a great time, knot for you you're gonna cry <laughs> anyway we're gonna we are gonna get into a an episode about knots actually coming up excellent okay another one is uh we kind of covered this snaggers and poachers yeah it makes my blood boil when I go down to the creek and there's just gutted fish. People, I've called M&R and a couple people. Yeah. Because, again, like, you have to. Like, this is, it's ridiculous. They'll gut fish, it. take their eggs, and, and leave them there, gasping for death, yeah. disemboweling. They gut males creek. looking for eggs because they're that yeah. much of a genius. If you're that kind of person that does that, I have no words for you. Like, you are literally a piece of trash. If you can disembowel a living creature... Yeah and just leave it to gas to death on and the side. And that's completely different than anglers where they might keep a small hen, they'll keep the skein, they'll eat it, or they'll give it to a friend who has a smoker who wants to eat it, whatever, Yeah. and they'll they'll keep like their one fish a year, they get their skein from it. Or they're older, they, sometimes when they're loose eggs, they'll just massage them out. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's ethical. But if you're going to take you go eggs out, from a fish, yeah. dispatch it in a respectful way. Don't literally do it while it's still alive. That's yeah. barbaric. And then be cautious of who you're supporting then with your eggs because yeah. if you're buying eggs from poachers, you're just going to keep doing it. There are places that we talked about before where they get their eggs from farmed fish. So it's not just snagging and stuff like that. These fish were already being killed for food, so it's completely ethical sourced as well. Exactly. One other pet peeve that people have, and, and I know these two comments and these are two buddies that are messing with each other, people that think spending more will help them catch more fish. And you know who that's from. And I'll tell you a secret. There are people, you shouldn't, here's the thing. When you become a mature person, you'll realize that 
you don't care what other people do. Like, I don't care if Andrew buys a, a $50 fishing lure and I'm buying a $4 fishing lure. I don't care because that's him. That's me. But I can tell you some facts. So, for instance, very briefly, I've had a few people be like, oh, I buy these cheap lures and you don't have to buy those expensive, you know, mega bass jerk baits, all that stuff. The difference is, say you buy, say, a Rapala Husky jerk. Nothing wrong with that bait. Mm-hmm. That's a great bait. It's $9. Does it cast far? No. They suck, okay? They suck for <laughs> casting because they don't have a weight transfer system. They're not, they, they don't cast far. Now, say I get a nice Japanese lure with a, a, a nice magnetic cast system in it. How much farther can I cast that bait than a Husky jerk? I'm, I'm Almost not joking. double. I'd say 40 to 50% farther. <laughs> now, if I'm covering water, who's going to catch more fish if we're fishing the same bait? Yeah. The person that's lure is more efficient. So it's not about cost. It's more about efficiency. And sometimes more efficient lures cost more money. That's just my opinion. There are several things like I don't think that you'll catch more fish if you have more expensive gear. But if it's my hobby and I want to enjoy it, I should be able to buy whatever I want. I don't care what other people think. Like, yeah, you can use an ugly stick and a $30 reel to catch fish. But guess what? You only live once. I'm only going to, you know, I'm going to buy a nice combo to enjoy mm-hmm. fishing while I'm out. If you want to use something cheap and you're fine with that, that's fine. But if you're a gear junkie, you like using good gear. So it yeah. really shouldn't matter what other people think. Fish don't see what's above the water. No. It's about the fisherman's preference. But here's the thing. Say you're fishing deep water smallmouth and you're drop shotting in waves. Are you going to feel more bites on an ugly stick or a $700 G. Loomis <laughs> drop shot rod? 700 G. Loomis. Oh, you can't because it doesn't matter. The fish don't care what you're holding. Oh, wait. <laughs> techniques and gear does make the difference sometimes okay and we again, go on a whole rant on this yeah. but and again use the it, best it gear you can afford be. yes and exactly. if you don't care about gear use cheap gear no one cares the other buddy messes this <laughs> he finds annoying when people who don't go to local tackle shops and only order off aliexpress or amazon <laughs> okay now i know who this is. okay <laughs> so here's the thing again i don't care where you buy your baits but it does affect local tackle shops. Like say everyone just stopped buying from local tackle shops and bought all their junky knockoff lures that literally some of them may be similar. A lot of them aren't. They're and junk. Some of them you open the package and they're already broken. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people show me like cheap baits that they get and they're like, they're broken. They're like, oh, I bought it for $3 on AliExpress. It broke. Okay. It's junk. Okay. Yeah. You Can you catch fish on those? 100%. Can you catch fish on dollar store lures? 100%. Yeah. But if you're, again, if you're a bougie gear snob, like tackle junkie, you're not going to buy junk like that. No. Now, if you like using junk like that, that's fine. Will it affect your local tackle <laughs> you shop? like using junk like that? Some people don't care. Some people just like to go fishing. They don't really care what they're using. You can use whatever. Like, if you can only afford dollar store lures, that's fantastic. You're going to catch fish. If yeah. you want to buy expensive stuff, go for it. I would, I would have more confidence in spending my money on a good leader so I don't get bit off and a nice jerk bait than I would buying six super cheap jerk baits yeah i feel way more confident i'll get a lot more fish out of that purchase and that value than multiple cheap baits and it again it's about confidence you yeah. may have confidence in a cheaper lure that's fine there's lots of budget price lures that we have, have a lot of in. like the knockoff companies and there's one bait i absolutely love and i can't get anymore is the old canadian tire brand yep. of fishing lures and mr big fish i think it was called yeah yeah and i've got a couple of those and i'm not sure what it is but i have ultimate confidence in these crankbaits on a couple lakes that i I fished them when i was a kid and these lures still work today and i love them and again they were like three dollar lures yeah yeah 100 (laughs) percent. and a lot of these lures yeah like people be like oh they're all made in the same factory well guess what you know a chevy cruise and a corvette is made in the same factory are they the same performance no okay (laughs) anyway you can again we're gear snobs we like gear we also grew up using yeah inexpensive budget gear and like she said buying the best gear you can afford because for me oftentimes i'll have uh value wise a lot less valuable combo than jesse will yeah or or baits in general for a long time jesse was the one with bougie now that i'm getting into bfs this year i invested in a really nice bfs reel i I saved up i'm getting some some nice japanese bfs baits but again i'm investing into that because it's your hobby you like it i like it but for a long time like Jesse and I, we had uh, fairly, you know, ex- opposite range combos. Opposite range, but again, I didn't have the lowest of the low. I would get like a mid price point where I'm getting some of the good features, but I can still afford it. And for me, that's still like my perfect range that I love to be in because I can still be effective on the water, and my pocketbook isn't as sad as it could be. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too is like, it's about your en- your personal enjoyment. Like, I don't care if you want to use a lower price combo. I have lower price combos that I use as well. Like if I'm going like, you know, fishing with my nephew, I'm fishing an ugly stick. I'm not fishing like a G Loomis. 
But those times when we're fishing together and I'm like, oh, here, try this rod. When you cast it, you're like, oh, this is so nice. That's what it's all about. That's why people buy expensive cars or people buy a nice couch. It's because they enjoy it when they use it. Okay. Yes. Don't judge other people if they decide to enjoy their hobby or don't judge other people if they 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 feel like they don't need that because some people don't care they just want to go in and enjoy the fishing they don't really care about the rod and reel in their hand and again people full spend kudos, money full kudos to on what people. they enjoy right yeah. like some people that are like oh i'd never spend you know two hundred dollars on a fishing rod but they'll buy a hundred dollar bottle of scotch yeah it's like okay you know like we all spend our money on what we like one <laughs> of the biggest pet peeves and we're we you know we're going to kind of wind down here because we're over the hour mark here is boaters cutting you off on the shoreline or fishing too close and we kind of yeah. covered that like we all have to share the water we've had remember that time we were out fishing that that Kortha lake yeah. and this, we, we have a slower boat guy in a bass boat cut us off yeah. and we were casting clearly towards a certain area and he drove right in front so i whipped a cast right in front of his boat and he he yelled at us hey you see i'm here it's like we were fishing along this bank and you cut us off and yeah. basically put his power poles down right in front of where we were fishing yeah. And I find, no offense to guys with bass boats, they oftentimes have a bit of an ego, I've noticed. Yeah. And they think that they are the king of the lake. They get to fish where they want. And they'll plug your plug your fish, too. Like, I, yeah. we were fishing earlier this spring, and, you know, we are we don't know the lake super well, so we're just fishing, the, like, the shoreline up, like, the edge. And every single time we'd go to, like, we're approaching, like, oh, we're working our way up to that spot. We're going to fish on the way there. Because yeah. we have a slower boat, and this, this guy kept, ripping on like you pull up his anchor or his power poles and rip over right in front of us and then fish that spot that we were going to it's yeah. like and he does that like four or five times along the way it's like look man like stay at your spot go to the end work towards us like take half of it like why yeah <laughs> why are you take plugging all the good spots on us as we go along yeah. so again just, it, it's annoying but i mean we all have to share the water but guess what if i'm fishing along the shoreline and someone cuts me off i'm gonna cast directly towards them yeah that's just the way it is because you know yeah and the thing is the shoreline is the shoreline you can cut someone off, but go way ahead of them. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't be able to cast a bait and hit your boat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> jokes on them though, because we were fishing behind them and still catching good fish. Yeah, that's actually funny because <laughs> they were they were fishing through spots and we'd pull up to like some area and pull some crappie out that they clearly didn't catch for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, two minutes before <laughs> us. So anyway, I thought that was a funny episode because there's a lot, and, and seriously, we didn't get to cover even half of those. There were so many. Yeah. Of them. Yeah. And some of them I just didn't want to do because they were just too angering. It's like, Arr! you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, we'd like to thank Jeff at Limestone Lures. Again, if you don't win this giveaway, which we're going to announce on our Instagram, so make sure you're checking that out yep. in our stories. A lot of people have asked me lately, uh, maybe that are new to the podcast, they're like, oh, how do I how do I enter? You can only enter on our Instagram account. Make sure you follow us on Average Ontario Anglers on Instagram. We will post um, a question and answer poll on our stories. And that is the only way you can enter for now. <laughs> but again, we'd like to thank Jeff. Like, that's a huge prize. Yeah, that's awesome. 23 bags of baits. And like, I saw that it was just a big pile, but there's a bunch of tubes in there. Yeah. There's a bunch of worms. I, I do like that some of our, our giveaway partners are, are starting to compete a bit with each other. They're, they're all stepping up their game because we've been getting so such good ones yep. from these awesome people who are supporting it. And that's making the next people that come in like all right i have to do just as good and it's it's great and again we love it because we get to give it away to, to you guys and the more people that get interested in it the more benefit these companies have because they're going to get more customers and they're more likely to give bigger prizes so again that's why we like we like to do the giveaways every single week and we've been really fortunate to have some awesome companies Amazing. that are supporting us so that being said if you are a smaller company contact us and we can definitely work out yeah. a smaller giveaway if that's uh, if that's what you can handle at the time yeah. we don't want anyone to give it beyond their means oh for sure because again this is a this is a fun fishing podcast yeah. for local ontario people and we're happy to support large companies and small companies so definitely send us a message and we'll get back to you on that so again 23 baits from limestone lures if you win check out our instagram make sure you're checking that because man like all these giveaways i'm like dude i wish i could enter yeah because we don't like you know they're like 23 bags and then i'm like looking <laughs> in my tackle box i mean i have a lot of bait but i'm like these look so good and, and you know what they always put their best colors in i yeah. like you said with uh, the a few giveaways ago it was just like some companies were like oh here's the the stuff that i had left yeah. over from last year <laughs> but these are all like the top yeah. colors that you want prime colors yeah, yeah. They're, they're show they're showcasing all their really cool colors so definitely ah i'm i'm annoyed that i can't win these giveaways <laughs> before we finish off i just wanted to do one last little thing all right I wanted to thank Jesse because he is the guy that does all the 
editing on these podcasts. If you like it, he's he's the guy that does it. So I just wanted to thank him by giving him the Fish Award. Oh. So this is for your excellent work on the podcast thus far. Sweet. And uh, if there's anything that I am ever deemed worthy of for receiving an award, feel free I, to just give that back. I will pass on the trophy. <laughs> now, if, if you're listening to this, it's a little, like, where'd you find this, Valley Village? <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little trophy with a golden trout jumping out of the water on it. But I'm honored to hold this. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. You know what? Just to end off this podcast, we'd like to thank all of our listeners. We actually get a ton of messages every week on our Facebook and our Instagram. People are like, you know, we really like the podcast. You know, I started listening to it. I'd never listened to a podcast before, and I decided to do that. And we've had a few people say, how can we support you guys? And the thing that we're saying right now is, like I said before, support our podcast sponsors. Mm -hmm. That helps them, which helps them, you know, do future giveaways, or they post it on their stories. It gets more people following the podcast now. In the future, who knows? We might do like a limited shirt release or something. Then you can support us that way. But for now, definitely just go on their website. Mm -hmm. If you don't win the giveaway, buy a few bags of plastics and say in the comments, you know, there's always a comment in your order. Be like, yes. we heard you on the podcast. That would be a huge deal if you could do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, to help support us uh, personally, feel please leave a review, like, subscribe, download the episodes, all those things that helps uh, us just to get found by more people who hopefully will appreciate the podcast. Yeah, and we're approaching a thousand downloads a week, which That's is awesome. fantastic. <laughs> Very amazing. So we'd like to thank you all again for that. And this was episode 13. It's been quite a ride so far, but yeah. episode 14 coming up next week is pretty sick. And uh, I'm not even going to give you any secret, uh, you know, <laughs> secrets about what it is. So you're gonna have to wait for that. But anyway, thanks for listening to this podcast. And again, this is Jesse and Andrew from Average Ontario Anglers. Mm -hmm.